Hello and welcome back to this video where we are talking all things Tanahisi Coates, Jordan B. Peterson, Nazism, Nihilism, Red Skull, Marvel, and all that crazy stuff. If you're interested in that, make sure to watch till the end. I'll not only be talking about my thoughts on Tanahisi Coates' leftist views about picturing Jordan B. Peterson as a Nazi, I'll also be discussing the philosophical implications of it as well. I'll be talking about the problem of nihilism and also how that actually kind of intertwines or how that interplays with the Nazi idea of, of Red Skull and also how Ta-Nehisi Coates seems to be presenting Red Skull in a more reasonably philosophical light than Captain America. So it seems that Ta-Nehisi Coates is kind of wanting us to become a Nazi I, I, or if not even a Nazi, becoming a super Nazi. So, well, we'll see how that goes. Hope you're interested in that. If you are, make sure to watch to the end and we'll see how that goes. And let's get right into it. So essentially, let us start off with who Ta-Nehisi Coates is. I don't know too much about Ta-Nehisi Coates. I don't know too much about politics. I tend to stay away from that. I'm more of a philosopher and also I, a psychologist, kind of that kind of thing. So that's my background. I don't really want to focus on the politics because politics with politics just comes lies and illusions and agendas and all that crazy stuff which is just too toxic and just too clouded for my own preference and as a result I stay away with most of this leftist right it's all these crazy agenda kind of things I try to stay away with these from these major labels because I think they just influence or dictate or make people think that you believe in something which you actually don't so that's kind of the things I want to fight against and that's kind of the things that I want to stay away from and as a result I don't know too much about who Ta-Nehisi Coates is and that stuff I just want to look at their philosophical views. However, I did some research about Ta-Nehisi Coates and I, I just have to say I felt quite bad for the people who actually admire or look up to him because he has a very controversial view about 9-11 and 9-11 is an absolutely horrible thing which happened to America. I wasn't born then or I was really young when that happened. I cannot remember like personally experiencing or seeing it, but I know that my parents or my, especially my mother has was actually watching it on television as that happened. And that was a significantly traumatic experience. She knows people who were in that building as well. So that it's a significant, it was, she had friends in that building and, and it was just a very difficult and a tragic time. You know, someone, some two people flew a plane into the Twin Towers. People were like jumping out of the building to avoid the fire. And, and it was just absolutely horrible things. But this is what Ta-Nehisi Coates says about it. I could see no difference between the officer who killed and the police who died or the firefighter who died. They were not human to me, black, white, or whatever. They were menaces of nature. They were the fire, the comet, the storm, which could, with no justification, shatter my body. How could you possibly say that about the people who were fighting in 9-11? That, that is absolutely horrendous. How callous could your heart be? I, I have no connection to 9-11. I'm very separated from it. I grew up in Hong Kong all my life. I've only been to America twice, but going to... America, that 9-11 memorial itself, just visiting that place, shook a nerve, like really was a significantly emotional experience when I was going to visit it because it just shows you how deadly humans can be. It's like how destructive humans can be. And, and it's absolutely shocking how someone could be so devoid of that emotion, so devoid of that feeling to say that I don't care about the people who are dying, who are fighting there. And just how selfish is that? And that's just absurd and that's just crazy. And I and I don't know how they could have gotten or allowed someone who's meant to be writing Captain America a, 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 mar a comic book which is meant to support the values of America 
its religion, its freedom, its liberty against the world of tyranny and oppression around it. I don't know how someone can possibly allow someone who's clearly doesn't care about America, doesn't want to defend America against ISIS and other opposition attacks against it. They would not, they would let some liberal, and I don't want to say liberal because he's not a liberal person. He's a conservative. He's an ultra, he's an ultra conservative leftist. And, and that's what we have to say. There's a difference between leftists and conservatives. You know, you got, if you got what I mean, he's, he's extremely conservative as you will see later, but he's also extremely anti-America and and how can you possibly have someone who hates America, the structure of America, the system of America, the ideals of America, how can you have someone like that write Captain America? That's something which really is, which I can't really understand, but that's enough about Ta-Nehisi Coates, that's my, that's just my thoughts about it and just reading that just made me have to say something about it. I, I've been systematic, well I've been racially insulted in America, I've, I've had I have struggled with race issues in my life and in my time in America because I am Asian and, and sometimes Asian race does actually happen. There's anti-Asian race hate, there's anti-African hate, and, and that stuff happens, I get it. But at the same time, as someone who has experienced that hate, I do think that this gives you no excuse. The fact that you have been racially abused by some people in the country doesn't mean you hate that country. I, I do not see how someone can possibly hate or even be so callous just to say that, well, I ha I don't care about the things which happened in 9-11. They're just random menaces of nature. How can you possibly say that? That's that's just dreadful. But if you actually tie it into his philosophy later, you, you do realize that he, it, his philosophy is actually, instead of being cognitively dissonant against each other, is actually quite similar. Uh, and it ties in with his other things. And, and let's talk about his first discussion about the Red Skull. And, and how do we know that he's comparing the Red Skull to Jordan B. Peterson. Well, essentially it's quite clear. There's a, there's a picture where there's a Red Skull next to a picture of 10 rules for life, um, chaos and order, Carl Luger's dream, who's a Nazi and, and the feminist trap and these, and especially chaos and order and 10 rules of life are indeed references to Jordan B. Peterson's book, um, 12 rules for life, uh, antidote to chaos and, uh, his ideas and uses of chaos and order these themes, these archetypal, almost, well, not necessarily archetype roles, but these, these themes in his life and that's, and in his works and, and that's just a parody of it. So it's quite clear that there's a direct connection here. And, and I'll go talking to what, um, they're critiquing, how he's critiquing Red Skull later in the video when I talk about the philosophy of the issue. But I'd just like to say that I really appreciated Jordan B. Peterson's response to it. instead of fighting back with logic and reasoning, which is absolutely impossible when you're dealing with such restrictive, such such oppressive opposition who don't care anything about facts and logic, but only about emotion and and hatred. When you're dealing with such hatred, you can do nothing but laugh because if you respond with facts and figures and logic, they wouldn't care. They don't care less. They don't care about the truth. You see what they're critiquing of the Red Skull and you see they don't care about the truth. All they want is nihilism. That's the ultimate goal of these people. They, they want to crush other people, be superior, and also promote nihilism, promote the meaningless of life. And that's what Ta-Nehisi Coates is trying to produce in his books. And, and that's what you, I would discuss more later in the video, but that's essentially what they're trying to do. So when people don't care about the truth, when people don't care about life, when people are so calloused that they cannot experience both emotion and also facts and logic, the only way you could do about it is just laugh at them, have a bit of fun. Yes, 
it's a very big issue that this problem is indeed growing in society. It's a very big issue. It's a very big problem that such figures are allowed to write significant or very influential comic books. Yes, comic books are very important. Books, literature, culture is a very important fact in the shaping of people's minds, it's the shaping of a century, a generation. Culture plays a significant role in that. And it's very nerve, it's very disheartening to see people like Ta-Nehisi Coates writing absolutely shambolic, absolutely hurtful, harmful philosophy and harmful ideology in his books. And and it's very harmful and hurt and very disheartening to see that happening. But then the day, what can you do but laugh? There's nothing else you can do apart from getting crushed by depression by seeing that. You have you have two choices. You have a choice of depression and a choice of laughter and superiority. I choose a second one because I've tried. I've, I've discussed that depression before in my dialogue that I might publish later called Zarathustra contra Alyosha. However, that I've struggled with that suffering from society, but I also see the laughter and the, the how do you call it, the superiority from, from laughing at them, not as like a mocking way, but as a kind of saying, well, I don't really care about you guys. I, I'm apart from that. I, I, value, I find value. I find meaning. I find purpose in life. And in that sense, I'm superior. Yet you raise up, you, and in Nietzschean terms, you rise up a mountain. You create a mountain, like Zarathustra in his book. You, you rise up. You create meanings. And of course, I believe that God gives you meanings, and in that way you rise up via God, although Nietzsche says you, you rise up via man, but you see two ways which goes up, and leave them below. You don't care about them because all they're going to do is destroy themselves, and if you stay with them, they're going to destroy you as well, and that's what we see here in this book. We see, we see that if you stay, if you try to fight on their level without logic, without emotion, and devoid of all empathy, it only leads to destruction, my friends, and whoever is watching it. It only leads to destruction if you follow that path of straw manning opposition, of being not empathetic to one of the greatest tragedies in America's recent history. If you if it's like that, and if that's a playing field that the opposition is playing at, forget it. Don't even fight on that level. Don't engage it in that on that level. Rise above and be superior. And I'm not saying some white supremacist thing, because technically I can't be white supremacist as I'm I'm Asian, mate, but but like, look at it. Superiority here is a superiority of values and morals. You need to build up your edifice, your structure of morals and values over the over the lies and the deceit that these people are spreading of nihilism, of of bleakness, of lack of emotion, of lack of empathy and self gain and egoism. And that's something that we have to fight against. And that's what Jordan B. Peterson does a lot as well. Like Jordan B. Peterson tells you about how to fix your life, how to how to strengthen yourself, how to clean your room. And that's one of his main ideas. Start off with the small stuff in life, develop it to the big stuff. First, fix your own life, then fix the world around you. That's a very important theme. And that's what Jordan B. Peterson's saying. And, and it's hard to say how, how, it's hard to see how anyone could call him a Nazi. But, you know, let's talk about the philosophy now a, a bit more. Because we've talked about my responses. I've, I've completely agree with what Jordan B. Peterson says. But let us see what actually Ta-Nehisi Coates is accusing the Red Skull of. Because when you hear it, you would seriously be thinking, what on earth is going on with this man's life? What's going on in his brain? Why is it, why, in Dostoyevsky's words, why is such a man alive? And he basically says, I'm sorry, I'm looking down here. I have my, my notes here, actually, just a picture of the comic book. We say here, yes, he did. This is Captain America saying, it's the same for all of them. 
Young men, weak, looking for purpose. I found the flag. You found the badge. They found the skull. He tells them what they always wanted to hear, that they are secretly great, that the world is against them, that if they're truly men, they will fight back. And bingo, that's what that's their purpose. That's what they live for. That's what they'll die for. So what we see here is actually something very weird is that Captain America, the patriotic American hero, instead of actually supporting America, supporting the individual straight, that idea, the capitalist dream of I can work hard, I can achieve greatness, I can make myself a better future if I put that effort in. What we see here is that he's actually critiquing that capitalist dream. He's saying, you can, you should not tell that people are secretly great. You should say that you should, what is it? You should not, you should not tell them that the world is against them. You should not tell them that, you should not tell them that they should fight back against oppression. How is that possibly a message of liberal freedom? That's the antithesis of everything that a liberal spirit of free spirits should move towards. The entire, at the core of human freedom, at the core of the capitalist dream, at the core of, at the core of the Ubermensch in Nietzschean terms, and at the core of Christianity, Christian terms, you have these two themes put together. And I'm trying to say that either way you go, atheism, Nietzsche, or you choose Christianity, which is God, either way you go, atheism or theism, this thing falls short of it. What he's critiquing of the Red Skull is actually the most important things in life. We are secretly great. That is very important. That's, the, that's one of the most fundamental things that you have to accept, either as, an, as the Ubermensch, Nietzsche, or as a Christian. We're secretly great because we're made in the image of God. We have a divine nature within us. That is Christianity. Nietzsche, we are free. We must ourselves, God is dead, must we not ourselves become gods to, uh, to defeat nihilism? That's Nietzsche. We are secretly great via our freedom. Man is free and terribly free. That is our secret greatness. And, and this is a pre purely psychological and a philosophical idea that he's Tanahisi Coates is not appreciating and is just glancing over. He, he fails to realize that the belief that man is secretly great is a fundamental construct, it's a fundamental cornerstone upon which the entire commun the capitalist dream is built upon. You have the individual man with a secret power within him which can be expressed, which can be used to fight against oppressors by hard work and endurance. It's via that secret strength within him that he can rise up above the oppressors, fight back against them, and rise up to achieve the goals that he deserves via hard work. And that's something seen throughout history, and especially something which is seen throughout history, especially the history of my family, which I'm extremely proud of. My great-grandparents, who are Asian, of Asian descent, they're yellow people like me, they went to America, to a very, well, oppressed America back in those days. They were my great-grandparents. That was like 100 or 200, around 100 years ago. It, it's significantly more restrained than right now already, and, and there's like racism now, like imagine racism back then, right? Despite all that oppression, they worked really, really hard. My great-granddad, well, my great-great-granddad, I think, worked really, really, really hard rose up from a nobody swiping the floors in a shop 
to where he was now to put food on his table, to send food back to his hometown, to work hard. And it's via that hard work, that belief in something secretly great within him, that beauty within him, that hard work, that fighting against oppression to rise up, to earn his money, that capitalist dream of earning his money to pay for his family. And now look where I am. He developed, rose our family out of almost nothing, went overseas, far away, worked hard and got to where he was, a successful businessman. And that, and, and respect, well-respected businessman at that. That is all built on what the Red Skull is allegedly, Red Skull the Nazi, is allegedly being critiqued for by Captain America. He, the person who was, I mean, and, and it's quite difficult for me to explain this, if you got what I mean. It's a, it's, it's quite, it's a mix between all those logical and emotional things, because ultimately they are very, they are very interlinked, you see. You have the emotional and the logical mixed together, not because you should make arguments out of emotion, not that, but because the argument I'm making here is very logical, but also has a significant emotional implication, like my family history and stuff like that, right? But what you essentially see here is that what Ta-Nehisi Coates is critiquing of the so-called rightist society, that what he's critiquing is actually the fundamental idea which made America so free, so beautiful. And yes, there has been oppression there. There has been problems in the past. But compare that to every other country in the world, it's, it's doing better and it's fighting against such foreign oppressions. And do I agree with all what America is saying? No. Do I think there's flaws in America's system? Yes. But at the same time, the ideology that Tanahisi Coates or Captain America here is critiquing is the fundamental cornerstone of all human development and success throughout history. Par, par none. It's the, it's the fundamental thing which is the, it's the cornerstone of every single thing in history. Every single movement of philosophy which has meaning either starts from God making man in his image with the Imago Dei, man being special, or starts off with man being special. Either way, you have man being special, secretly great. And that's the only escape from nihilism. Nihilism being the meaningless, the bleakness of life. And, and what Ta-Nehisi Coates is saying, we should embrace that bleakness of life, that nihilism. And, and what do we see when people embrace nihilism? They kill themselves. And you might say, I'm just being absurd. This thing is going to lead people to commit suicide. But no, if you actually appreciate the philosophical and psychological implications of Red Skull, of, of what he's trying to say with that, it's, it's pushing people away from the idea of the divine, of meaning, and to a place of nihilism, which ultimately leads in death and destruction, not only of yourself, but of human race and mankind as a whole. It leads to the at least to the ending of society. And that's a fundamental problem that Jordan B. Peterson is arguing against, what Nietzsche is arguing against, what Dostoevsky is arguing against, what all these figures throughout history is fighting against the biggest threat of all human history. And that is nihilism. And that nihilism is being pronounced or being proclaimed by these leftist, by these ultra-conservative leftist people who are spreading their own ideology to push people towards nihilism, to then make themselves uh, an idol and make people grovel at their feet. That's essentially what these people are doing. They're pushing people to hopelessness and then saying, I'm the only hope, which is absurd. And, and that's what they're essentially trying to do. And that's why Jordan B. Peterson, his message is very important. We have to fight against nihilism by having order, structure in our lives, 
That's very, very important, and that's something that we cannot overlook. That that beauty, that struggle against nihilism is very important. Christ is the most beautiful thing, and that's my solution to nihilism. But there are other ways to go around it, and, and those other ways, I think, are ultimately failed projects. But at least they recognize the problem of nihilism. This Tanahisi Coates guy just accepts nihilism and, and just doesn't see the problem with it. And that's further developed. His, uh, his hatred towards nihilism is further developed in this slide, which I'll read to you now. What happened to the world of the men? of the world is truly one of great tragedies of our time. Once the American man was a conqueror, he is now but a caretaker. And what a caretaker of what? He stands for some amorphous dream, a dream of nothing. You know, I would say that as a speech or a closing speech in my own book, as a good guy, I would say that that, that fundamental critique of the American man, that critique of the American man accepting nihilism is so, so true. Nietzsche, in his book, The Gay Science, where he pronounces God is dead, God is taught, says that the European man has embraced nihilism or is moving towards nihilism because of the death of God and nothing filling up that gap. It's that nihilism which is so consuming, so destructive. Here, we see Red Skull raising the exact same quotation or the exact same critique against American man. Nietzsche and the Red Skull are exactly the same in arguing against nihilism right now. You have the Red Skull saying, well, the American man has reduced, has been reduced to nothing but a nihilist. And that's what we see in society. As I've said before, we're moving towards nihilism. The, the conservative left is pushing people towards nihilism. We have the Red Skull saying fight against nihilism. We have Nietzsche saying fight against nihilism. We, ha we have Christ, God, saying fight against nihilism. And we also have Dostoevsky saying fight against nihilism. We have the greatest thinkers of the 21st and the 20th century and of all history fighting against nihilism. And this Ta-Nehisi Ta Coates guy says, well, let's go on and support nihilism because nihilism is the way to go. Because anyone who fights against nihilism, like the Red Skull in this book, is a Nazi. And, and you know, I want to leave you on this remark. The Red Skull in the comic book sounds more like a hero, a philosopher, in fact a tragic philosopher like Nietzsche being misrepresented by all, sounds more like that than, than the bad guy. And if we have indeed come to a world where supporting the truth and fighting against nihilism gets you called a Nazi, then I suppose I rather stand for the truth stand for Christ, fight against nihilism, and be called a Nazi, than to be called a, oh, I'm a very fair liberal, I'm an open guy, I'm, I'm happy and appreciate absolutely everything, go to hell with the truth, and not be called a Nazi. Because I rather stand with the truth, with beauty, with meaning, and purpose, and Christ, than to stand up with these outright lies. So, I hope you've enjoyed this video. Stay safe, like always, God bless. If you like this content, make sure to like and subscribe. It means a lot to me, helps the channel grow. If you want to interact with me on a personal level, either send me an email or hit me up on Discord. I have the Discord server in the link below where we discuss philosophy of religion and also other stuff like Nietzsche and Dostoevsky. Have a great one. Stay safe, like always. God bless. See you in the next video. Stand strong against nihilism and goodbye. Thank you for watching.